Welcome to the neighborhood. How are you guys doing? Good. Won't you be my neighbor? Hey, we are finishing up this great series on this Labor Day weekend. Um, I see you guys didn't get a chance to get away. I got to work today too, so it's uh, it's all all right. No, this is this is great. It's good to be here, man. There's so many great things happening here in the church. Thank the band too for the great worship this morning. Isn't that always so uplifting? Yeah. And these guys and the unsung heroes back there in the booth. There, they're always making all that stuff happen. Let's give these guys a hand today too. They're uh, always back there, faithful. So many amazing things happening. Last Sunday here in, in, in our worship services, it was, it was wonderful. How many were you here for the baptism? You had your party whistles out. Yeah, take a look at some of these pictures. We have some images of this great baptism. We saw 17 people who gave their lives to Christ, and it was just, uh, or, commi- or declared uh, their faith commitment to all of us. And so that was just such a neat uh, time for us. And, and God is doing things here. He's changing lives. And as we're talking about this neighborhood, it's so neat to see God moving and God stirring. And, and how many did you, of you knew that on Sunday nights uh, with the race, yeah, I got a couple more pictures there. I don't want to cut that short there. You guys see them? All right. All right. You can, we, we, we'll, we'll stop that for right now for a second there. Can you? Okay. All right. I'll just watch it. Awesome. <laughs> or we can do that too. That's all good. Um, Sunday nights we have the race, and uh, this is a, a youth ministry program that, that we have in the month of August to really get our students focused on reaching out and bringing their friends and inviting those, um, uh, their friends to church. And did you know that we set attendance records for our, our student life ministry at uh, 200-some students over the, the four weeks that we had here? There are 200 <laughs> students. 200 students. Over 100 of those, I think about 100 or so, half of them were first-timers that came and got introduced here to what was happening in the church. And, and we know this is just the beginning of an opportunity to connect and to reach out to them. And so God is just moving among us. And that is so exciting to hear, especially from our, our student ministry. And, and being the fall now, so many great things happening. Michael was telling you about that stuff with classes that are here to help grow your faith and opportunities to, to ambush people with love and go on missions trips. God, again, he's moving here among us. And so in this series that we're wrapping up today called uh, Welcome to the Neighborhood, we've been looking at this community that God is forming and how all these different ways about being centered in, in Christ is what defines this community. And, and if you're new or newer here, this was a great opportunity for you to really hear our heart, that we are a Christ-centered community. And, and we talked about not being the kind, wanting to be the kind of community where we just wave at each other from a distance and maybe know each other's names, maybe not. We want to be a community that is called to be together, to do this journey of life and faith together. Not just to sit here as strangers, but to really know some people that that you can say, we can link arms and live life together. We talked about this being a community where something is happening. There's something different here. I mean, for for 17 people to get up in front of a crowded room, uh, get dunked completely underwater and come back out and say, I am all in for Jesus. God is doing something. And there's something different in this place because God is transforming lives. And we talked last week about love and, and how we just are marked by love in this community. And Jeff was teaching us about being a band of brothers and a, and a circle of sisters committed to a cause of investing in, in others and pouring ourselves out for others. And today as we finish the series, there's an important aspect that, that is a part of the life of the church. And it's really an aspect that is, is easier to say than it is to do. And it, t- it takes a lot to do this, but it's to, to meet new neighbors, to welcome new neighbors in, and to go to new neighborhoods. Now, September uh, marks, uh, this September marks an interesting mi- couple milestones for me, for what happened 20 years ago and what happened 10 years ago in September. 
20 years ago in, in September, I was, uh, I'd just finished uh, college. I'd done four years in college. I'd done one year of Bible school, and I found myself in Anderson, Indiana, in the office of Dr. Oral Withrow. Dr. Withrow was over a, 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 an arm of the church nationally that was responsible for starting new churches. And they had this vision to grow, they called it, to start many new churches. And, and I arrived there in Anderson as a, as a seminary student. I was just there my first week or two. And I had heard about church planting. And I don't know if you've heard of church planting or not, but it was kind of odd to me. I'd never really been that familiar with it. Never really put two and two together that every church at some point was started by someone. All right, sometimes we just assume all churches have always existed for all time, but that's not true. And so they had this vision to start and plant new churches because planting churches is one of the most, if not the most, effective method and way for sharing the gospel and bringing new people to know Christ is through starting new, new churches. And so he began, I went to Dr. Withrow's office and he shared with me and I said, tell me about this. And he told me some of these things and I said, well, what if, you know, what if I was interested in it? And he gave me some, some ideas. He said, well, here, take a, take a personality assessment. Let me see if you're wired for that kind of thing. And, and here's some information about what that looks like. And I just began to take it in. Now, I didn't do much with that for the next 10 years, but a seed had been planted that day. And that seed just began to grow. And I finished seminary, and I became a, a youth pastor, and my wife and I did youth ministry together. And that seed just kept growing. That calling, I couldn't get away from this idea of starting a brand new church from the ground up and entrepreneuring that and what that would be like. And about 10 years later, which was then September of 2005, 10 years ago this month, Shannon and I had uh, decided or started feeling like we need to explore this call to ministry if, if God has something there for us. And so we, we were exploring different options and, 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 and asking questions, meeting with people, and we went to a conference in, uh, in Olathe, Kansas. And it was a conference of church planters gathered together. And in the last session of that conference over two, three days where people had been sharing their stories and how they do it and what that looks like, the, uh, the pastor speaking that night, who was a church planter himself, Gary, Gary Kendall, said, if there's anyone here this evening that wants to make that commitment, God is calling you and is stirring in your heart to plant a church, to step forward and take this leap of faith. Let's, would you stand so we can pray for you and make that commitment together? God was just like, I mean, my insides, my guts were turning and turning and my heart was beating and I stood up because I knew this is what God had planned for me. The only problem was I forgot to consult my wife who was sitting right next to me. And you know, that's a major life commitment. And so I looked over expecting to see her sitting down and there she was standing next to me. She had also felt that and that was an affirmation for both of us. It's time to take this step of faith. And so then we spent, you know, a good part of the next 10 years where we came out to Arizona here. That's what brought us out to the far southeast valley, Santan Valley. And we plopped down there and said, let's start a church. And our church that we were at, they sent us, they loved us, they prayed for us. And we went across the country and we began that work. Very difficult work, hard times, difficult times, but so rewarding. And we saw so much life change, over 100 baptisms in the course of those years there. And it was just amazing to see a church birthed. And last week, uh, one community church, the church that I left to come here, uh, has a new pastor, which we we're excited about as well. And this is his second Sunday there. And so to see that the church is continuing is just such a neat thing to know. I was a part, we were a part of being able to help extend the kingdom into that community. And that also led us here. And God began stirring in me here too and saying, okay, in this call, 
to come here, I felt like God was saying now for this next season in your life and ministry, I want you to be on the other side of church planting. I want you to be the, the, the pastor and the leader of a church that helps facilitate and makes that happen. And so today, as we talk about this, this call that God has for us to, to welcome new neighbors, but also to go into new neighborhoods, a church that, that understands this calling and understands this mission, and, and that's what I want us to look at today as we uh, focus in on this passage that we've been looking at over this past month. But before we look at his, God's word, let's pray and ask him to open our hearts to what he has to say. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. A church that's committed, God, to so many different ways of showing your love and being your church in this, in this place and in this community. God, help us to open our eyes and to expand our horizons to see how you want to use us for your future in, in this community, and in and around this city. And so we pray this morning that you would speak through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been looking at Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verses uh, 42 to 47. This is our foundational passage, and in this passage, we're looking at the early church. Actually, this was the first formation of the church. Peter gave a, shared a message, and 3,000 came to faith that, that day. And they gathered together, and we're kind of looking at each other going, what do we do? And this is how they became the church. They joined with the other believers and they devoted themselves to some things, to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. They shared the Lord's Supper and in prayer and a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly and they shared everything they had. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. So here in a short paragraph, we have a snapshot. And what I want to focus in and on is this last verse. Each day, the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. When people saw the church in action, they saw how people loved each other, how they learned and devoted themselves to the teaching, and, and they began to care for one another and lived out that love, they gained the favor of people around and, and began to spark that curiosity and that faith in others, and, and God blessed them and added to their number daily, every day, people were coming to know this church and to become a part of that in giving their life and their faith to Jesus. And it was transforming them and it was moving them and, and they were becoming a different group of people because of that. And so there was this growth that was happening. But I wonder and think, what, what happened? How come there isn't just one large church left in Jerusalem? I mean, one mega, mega, mega church that's grown for 2,000 years in that one place because, hey, it feels good. We kept growing. We kept adding more people and they, you know, building bigger buildings and adding more staff and just saying, this is, this is us. And why is there not just one church? How is it that they understood that there was a call on their lives to go into different places and to expand what God has called them to do? If you've been around the church for a while, you are familiar or have heard of the Great Commission. And if not, I want to introduce that to you this, this morning. The Great Commission, found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Let's take a look at, at the first part of the Great Commission here. This is Jesus, right? He's a, he, this is after the resurrection, and he's telling his disciples. He's, he's now saying, look, I'm going to give you my final words, my final instructions to you, and this is what he says. Therefore, go. Say go. Therefore, go. Okay? Easy. Too if you've got to remember anything from, 
anything from today, it's go. Okay, two, two letters, that's all you need to remember. Go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given to you. And then he says, I'm going to be with you until the very end, every day. What he was telling them is, look, he called disciples three years earlier. He called ordinary, unschooled men, fishermen, tax collectors, others, and he said, come and follow me, and I'm going to make you disciples. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And he, he spent time with them, and he taught them. And then he came after three years, and he said, you know what now? Now it's your turn to go and make more of yourselves. Reproduce who you are. Multiply. Multiply. You see that word as you come into our, into our worship center here? We have gather, turn, love. Multiply our impact beyond these walls. How do we multiply that? And the disciples understood we need to go, but go where? How did the early church understand that, that this is a call on their lives to go and to be a part of something bigger? Well, Jesus had also told them, look, you're going to be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and then he said, to the ends of the earth. You're going to be my witnesses. They had to go. At some point, they had to leave the comfort of what they knew, and they had to begin to share with others and tell others, be a witness, talk to them. Not just kind of gather together and then just be silent the rest of the time. They had to go. And, and how did they go? Well, Paul, one of the early, uh, the, you know, the missionaries, the first missionary, he was, had a radical conversion experience. And he knew that he needed to share this news with others. And so he began to go on missionary journeys. And he began to go all throughout the, the Mediterranean basin, starting new churches in places like Philippi and Ephesus and Thessalonica. And then he wrote write letters to these churches because he would go and he would, he would teach the good news about, about God and he would start a new church. And he'd bro, pull those believers together and then he would appoint elders and he'd say, now you watch over them and you be the church and he'd go on to another place. And so there, there were these churches that were left and those churches began to spread and then he would write letters to the churches, right? In, in Philippi, we have the book of Philippians in our, in our New Testament. And he would give them instructions, and, and the churches began to spread. So how is it that we are here 2,000 years later at 124th and Shea, worshiping and having the good news and having baptisms here last Sunday, continuing the spread of this gospel? Because people understood the Great Commission. Go. And people kept going. And the gospel spread throughout Europe, throughout the, the world. And then you know how it came to us? Pilgrims. The pilgrims. Thanks, you, thanks for the pilgrims. They're part of our story. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding, actually. It's true, right? I mean, they brought, over, they brought over the good news. They brought over the message. They started churches. They were teaching, and they were, they were sharing their faith. And in all the cities along the East Coast and in the Midwest, and eventually it spread westward. Over 100 years ago, there was a group of people in Phoenix, before Arizona was ever a state, that were part of the, the churches that we're connected to called the Church of God Movement, and uh, they began a church there, which is now called North Hills Church of God. They've since relocated, but even before Arizona was a state, there was a group of people gathered here, and they began to worship together and share the good news. And through their church, as they grew, they had influence in starting several other new churches. And, and other church groups were doing the same thing, and that's how this began to happen. Well, one of those uh, from North Hills, they, about 20-plus uh, years ago, a pastor was called there. His name was Dondo, and he was their lead pastor. 
And he led this church, and it was a great church, and good things were happening, and growth was happening. But he looked out across the valley, and he saw this area here of Scottsdale, and thought, there needs to be a presence in this place. There needs to be a church here. And so he left the comfort of an established church, a role that he had as lead pastor there, and he came with some people and saw the need to start a church here because there were people here that needed to know the love of Christ, that needed to know the good news of Jesus. And ultimately, go through being in a middle school and then into a high school and then building this building here on this corner, how many lives have been impacted? The fact that we had 200 students, could you have even imagined 20 years ago that there would be 200 students? There weren't even 200 people when it first began. But because of the multiplication effect and the impact, great things were happening. As a matter of fact, next month on October 4th, Sunday, October 4th, is a very special day in the life of this church. 20-year anniversary. 20-year anniversary. And we're going to have a great celebration here. Whether you were a part of this church for a week by that point, hope, well, you wouldn't be here yet. Um, but, you know, whether you're here just for a little bit or for a long time, we're going to celebrate. Don and Lori Doe are going to be here in worship. And uh, Matt Anderson and Robin uh, and their kids are going to be here. He was my predecessor. And they're going to be a part of this and, and be back for the first time. And so it's going to be a great day to celebrate what God has done over the course of these 20 years. And isn't it great that we're not saying that's the end of the story? We did it. We made it 20 years. We're done now. No, God's got so much more for us, and he's continuing to call us to multiply and to take the next steps on what he's calling us to do. But that doesn't happen if we don't understand the importance of this call to go. To go. Where do we go? Each of us, God has called us to go. You could say, well, these are just great stories of pastors and preachers, and, and that's what God does. He calls he calls leaders and churches to go now. That great commission wasn't just for preachers or pastors. That great commission was for all who are followers of Jesus Christ. The first place we go is to our families. You have a sphere of influence, a unique place where only you are throughout the rest of the week. In your family, the influence that you have among your kids or among your greater family members, friends, your neighborhood, your coworkers, your work of you know, the place where you work, the, the, the area in which you serve, friends and maybe your golf buddies and maybe your tennis buddies or your crochet buddies or whatever buddies you have, right? You have a role there where you can be an influence, where you can go and say, I am here as a disciple of Jesus and if I don't share what God has done or be involved in that, I'm not part of that great commission that God has called me to. And the cool thing is we get to partner together. Now, while we're each in these different places, somebody was sharing with me today that they, they uh, met somebody at Safeway and, and just had a conversation with them and got to invite them to come to church and they saw them and they were here in first service and she was just so excited to be able to have a church where she could invite them to and to know that we share the good news and the gospel together with others. But we're called to go. And when I came here, I loved that we talk about gather and turn and love, and I just embrace that, and I love that, and it's, it's a part of who I am. But what I really also felt was for, 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 that God put on my heart was saying, but we also need to multiply. It's not just about continuing to gather here and to, to do that. We're going to do that. But how is God calling us to be a church of influence, not just in this community, but in, in all of Phoenix and beyond? Because I believe God has blessed us to be a blessing to others that he wants to use us in a way to unleash what he wants to do in this community. Now, we have a wonderful opportunity. This is a new day and a new chapter in the life of our church where we're going to step into something that's, uh, that, that's, that's exciting. 
but it is also challenging at the same time. We're going to be a part of helping start a new church in this coming year. And to help start this new church, we have two of our key staff people who are going to be involved in taking the lead and making that happen. And we're going to have a chance to talk with them here in just a moment. So I'm going to ask uh, Michael Faye to please come forward and, uh, and Cody Bracey. Is Cody in here yet? I know there he is. I know he was sharing with the, uh, the students over in, in Student Life. I know some of you right now are a little bit uh, caught off guard by this. Um, and uh, this is not something that's just happened briefly or quickly or happened in, in short order, but it's been something that's been stirring and, and Michael, especially, for, for quite some time. Michael and I have had lots of conversations, and he knows my journey in, in church planting, and so he's just been processing with me what God's been stirring in his heart. And, uh, and so we've been talking about it, and it was a few uh, weeks ago, or a couple of months ago, actually, where you were just saying, you know, I, I, I can't deny what God is calling and what God's putting on my heart any longer, and it's, and it's time, for me to, time for me to take that step. What, what do we do? And so... Um, we talked about that, and, and I want Michael to share a little bit this morning. Michael, I know this isn't easy. Uh, this has been your church family for a really long time, uh, but this is something that God's been moving in you. Can you tell us a little bit about just how that, that calling in your life, uh, in your heart, came, came to be? Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I came into this church uh, on a late July Sunday after I went to beach camp as a 16-year-old. And um, this church has changed my life. Um, I, Christy and I, Christy joined, she's my wife. Uh, most of you know Christy. Um, started coming, we came as high schoolers, and we've kind of grown up through this church. And um, this church has blessed us um, so much. Our, our lives have been so impacted by this community. And through this process and, and feeling this call in our lives from God, there's this passage of scripture that's been popping up to us quite a bit, and it's found in Genesis chapter 12, and it's the call of Abram. And one of the, the premises of this call that, that God gives Abram is that I'm going to bless you, Abram, but then I want you to take that blessing and then go and bless the rest of the world with it. And Christy and I have been feeling, we are so blessed by this church. We have been transformed by this church. But now is the time that God has placed this call on our lives to take that blessing and go and, and bless other people. Uh, and and to, to take what we have felt from this church and share the same kind of feeling and love and grace and joy that we've experienced here to share that with a new group of people. And so we began feeling this call um, close to two years ago. And we've just been praying and praying, God, what, is this, what does this mean? We're planning a church. I, is, is this something that you want us to do? And so we began praying and praying. Uh, through a series of events, we just couldn't ignore that call anymore. And so I, I shared with Mark what I felt God was stirring in, in myself and in Christy and in our family. And um, Mark was nothing but supportive and encouraging. I, I'm so appreciative to have you uh, through this process. Um, the staff, the board has been nothing but encouraging and supportive and loving. And uh, we just feel this overwhelming sense of blessing from this church. And we just feel this desire to go show that uh, to other people as well. Oh. 
Yeah, it's been, you know, maybe just to fill in some of the, some of the details, too, for you real quick, as, you know, as we're, we're talking about this, is uh, tell us a little bit, when, when do you see the launch of, of this church, and what's a little bit of your timeline uh, leading up to that, and, and maybe even where as well, just to put yeah. some of those details. Yeah, uh, so Christy and I um, will be a part of this church through mid-October, and our last, uh, last Sunday officially with responsibility here at McDonald Mountain Community Church will be October 18th. And our hope is between October 18th and the official launch of our church, which will hopefully be mid-February, we'll be developing relationships and community down in the Arcadia neighborhood of, of Phoenix. And uh, we have just felt this calling to go into this neighborhood. Uh, and I'll share a little bit about mm -hmm. that calling. Christy and I, um, I, I myself am a native Phoenician. So I, I grew up in Phoenix and I actually grew up about five minutes north of this neighborhood, the Arcadia neighborhood in Phoenix. And so I, I love that part of town, and we often go down there with our kids, um, and we buy drive through and we sit at a park, and they go play, and we just sit there and enjoy the weather. And so we had kind of felt like this would be a, a, a fun place to plant a church. Maybe this is where God's calling us. And so we were at this park, and our kids are playing at the playground, and I'm sitting there on the ground, and me and Christy are watching our kids, and we watched as about eight or nine separate families of all different ages and uh, empty nesters and a young family with small kids and then a young couple came through the park and about eight or nine different families congregated right there at the park and I was looking at them and, it, and I can't explain to you this feeling of, of, of God saying this is the place and so I see this and then I look at Christy and she looks at me and I go and she goes mm -hmm. and we knew we knew in that moment that this is the place we're supposed to go and so we began praying, well, God, what does that mean? How, how could this be? Where, where do we go in this neighborhood? And we were um, told about this old Church of God congregation that had been in the neighborhood for quite some time and got to know some of their people a little bit. And through a series of events, uh, they shared with us their willingness to allow us to plant our church in their building when they're not having services. And just the, the kingdom perspective that this church has to allow us to use their space when they're not using it to plant our church is such a gift. This community has been such a gift to us already, and we haven't even launched our church yet. Um, but those of you who have been part of McDowell Mountain for a long time know the challenges of planting a church in a, in a high school or a middle school. And so to have the gift of being able to have a building to launch your church out of has been, has been quite the gift. And so we just have felt this draw and this call from God to be in this particular part of Phoenix, and, and, and we're, we're so excited to, to do that, to pursue that. So what's the name of this church? It's going to be called Arcadia City Church is what it's going to be called. All right, yeah. Arcadia City Church in, in an area north of the airport, uh, Arcadia 40th, 43rd, yeah. and Thomas in that region. Yeah, I'd say Thomas there. to Camelback, mm -hmm. Scottsdale Road to like... Yeah. 32nd Street, 30th Street. So, yeah, so some of you might be wondering, this is not going to be a campus of, of McDowell Mountain Community Church, but a church that we're going to be in partnership, maybe a, as, a, as a parent or as a daughter congregation or sisters at some point when you guys yeah. grow up a little more, we'll yeah. be more like sister churches or something. I don't know, we'll figure that out. Yeah. But, um, but that, so that's, you know, you're going to be heading out in, in October, again, several months to be doing some, some prep work for yeah. that, and a lot goes into beginning a church in that way. And and looking to launch a beginning or beginning to middle of February in that range. Now, uh, you're going to be the lead pastor at the point on that, and uh, and Cody, uh, who's our you know student life director and does a lot of our programming and and really leads the worship and for our students and so many other things. Uh, God's been stirring in, in you as well in this process to to join Michael and to when when Michael shared that it's just something it sparked something in you. Tell us about how you came to that. Uh, 
conclusion yourself? Yeah, I um, so long story short, three years ago, uh, I was a youth pastor in Tampa, Florida, um, and it was in my home church, and I became very, very frustrated with the idea that I don't know if I'll ever really find that community that I see in Acts 2.42. Um, and, I, and I don't know if I even, as a leader, can generate that. And so after a little bit of burnout, and honestly, um, just frustration with just the church as a whole, just not that particular church, just the church globally, uh, we moved here to Arizona, and um, we had a best friend named Ryan Chasen, uh, who was a youth pastor here. And uh, I remember Ryan asking me, um, so how soon before you feel comfortable, like, being apart again? And I remember saying that day, uh, Ryan, I don't know if I'll ever do youth ministry again. I'm not even sure I'm going to go to church. Uh, horrible place, just a bad place. And after two weeks of attending McDowell, I remember sitting down at lunch, and I said, Ryan, I will take out the garbage if I need to. What do I need to do to be a part of this community and to serve and to be a part? And really, that's been the last three years, this journey of understanding and seeing Acts 2.42 lived out, um, lived out in leadership here, lived out by all of you, lived out for most of you uh, with our family even. I mean, we've experienced that ourselves. Uh, lived that out in a relationship like Michael and Christy Fay, And um, basically, it prompted this idea and, and this uh, movement within me at, at four months ago at our, one of our accountability talks. Uh, Michael and I are accountability partners. And he said, I need, to be praying, I need you to be praying for me uh, about this idea that I have. Um, God has birthed within me this dream. And I said, yeah, man, I would absolutely pray. And, and the more and more I continued to pray, the more and more I realized, oh, my goodness. I think that's something that I feel called to as well. And so the next meeting, I said, Michael, like, this is weird. Can I, uh, can I be a part of that prayer? He said, well, you're going to have to ask Mark about that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it really came down to this, that what has... The past three years of my life, this, this church, uh, you incredible people, you have, within my family, you have rebuilt what I thought could never be rebuilt. And you have elevated what I never thought could be elevated within me. And that is a passion just to see community, Acts 2.42, lived out, not just in Scottsdale, Arizona, but in Arcadia, in wherever it may be. And to know that I could be a part of that, to know that I could be a part of reflecting what McDowell has done for other people that don't have it, that maybe are the church burnouts or the church have-nots, um, to me, that is my passion, and that is what excites me. And to lead with such like an incredible leader in mm -hmm. um, Michael, uh, it really excites me, and it, it really, uh, I don't know, it's just hard to... Hard to sleep without thinking about it. It's hard to wake up without thinking about it. So. Well, we know you guys are going to make an, an incredible team, uh, just the way that you guys work together and know each other. And, and Cody's still going to be around at least through the end of the year uh, because the church isn't launching until, until February. So at least from our student ministry, we have a little bit longer uh, time for you to be involved in that way uh, with us. So tell us a little bit about um, the how do you envision this church? It's kind of fun to get to 
create a church from, from scratch, but what, what do you see as some of the, the values or the, or the way that you want to approach uh, the, this church? Yeah, I, I mean, for Christy and I, we've been a part of this church basically our whole faith journey, and so so much of McDowell's DNA and who we are as a church is ingrained into who I am. And so our, our church very much will have the sim- similar DNA of McDowell Mountain. We want it to be a place where people can come and know other people and be known by other people. We want it to be a place where people can come and turn their hearts and minds towards God on a, on a weekly basis. And we want it to be a place where people can learn to love others with no strings attached by living out uh, the, the teachings of Jesus. Um, we know that as a church plant, you face certain limitations. We don't have a lot of resources or a big space um, like, like an established church might have. And so we know that things might have to be a little bit more simple. And so we want to lean into this idea of being simple, uh, of being a place where people can come and experience community, but also to create a place uh, that's sacred and set apart and a place that people know that they can come. And it's unlike any other space that they have during the rest of the week. It's a space that they can come to give their focus to God. And so um, that's a little bit of what we envision for a church. I'm sure that vision will continue to snowball and get bigger as we get closer to the launch date. But, yeah. Well, that's a lot of what, I mean, that's multiple, multiplication, multiplying. What we're talking about is taking these values that have shaped both of you guys here at the church and, and that DNA that we talk about. That's uh, how we do church and how we approach ministry and, and the community that you've experienced. And now you're saying we want to take that and we want to plant that into a new neighborhood. And, and obviously it's going to have to look a little different and, and work with the parameters and what you've got, but you're going to take that seed and that core and want to and want to develop that. And, and what's so neat is that we get to be in partnership together, and that's been the conversation that, that we've been having a, a lot. I mean, both these guys have expressed, Mark, if this, if this harms McDowell Mountain in any way, if this does any kind of, you know, damage or negative, I don't, we don't want to do this. We want this to be a win, and we've, we've all we've just been talking about, you know, we can't just look at our own ministry. We can't just look at the church. We need to look at the kingdom of God, and it's bigger than any one of us, it's bigger than our church, and we want to be a part of what God is doing. We want to write a great story, a great story for our church, a great story for this new church that's being birthed, and for you guys to be able to say, man, we were part of this, this great launch and a, and a body of people that, that stood behind us. And so as partnership develops, what's that going to look like going forward? We just know that partnership and support is very broad. And, and it's going to mean, you know, that just that you have a place, you guys have a home here that with the staff, if you need anything, that they can be a part of some, you know, whether it's our creative meetings, whether it's, you know, needing children's curriculum or joining on youth events or missions projects, uh, come and make copies, you know, I mean, what, who knows? I mean, it can be a range. All right, not too many. No. <laughs> 50,000 piece mailer. All right. Um, you know, it, we just want to really be in relationship. And it's not, again, it's not a campus of ours, but it's a, it's a, uh, you know, this, this relationship that we're going to have together. And, and another big part of this church is that that'll, that'll go with you is that there are people, some of your family members, but also some others that you've been in deep relationship with here that, that are going to form a, a launch team with you guys to, to go. And, and that's obviously going to have an impact on us and it's people that we know and love, but it's taking that, that, that DNA, you know, with us and really being willing to say, um, we're, we're, not, we're, we're willing to let go and release, and not just that, we want to send and, and bless. So what would you say to um, just you know, the, the need for a team for you, but also to maybe someone else that's sitting here today that's, that, that this is sparking something like it did in Cody that said, maybe God's calling me to step out of my comfort zone to be yeah. a part of this in some way. How, what would you say? Yeah, uh, the one thing that Christy and I are very conscious of is the fact that this isn't our church. This isn't the Christie and Michael Fay show. This is, this is Jesus' church. 
and we just happen to be the ones who get to lead it. And we're very aware of ways in which we are deficient and are not gifted, and we are so privileged to have a team of individuals um, that have expressed interest in wanting to go and be a part of this with us that are gifted in ways that we are not. And we know that the church is only successful when the whole body is working together and people are expressing and showing their different gifts and all, everyone pulling in the same direction. And so we very much are aware of, of the ways in which, once again, we're not gifted, that other people are gifted, and we're excited for all of us to, to join together in one body and to, to pull in one direction. And our hope is that in, in doing that, it will affect this neighborhood, the Arcadian neighborhood for the kingdom of God. And to people who are perhaps feeling, you know, maybe this is something that I would want to be a part of. God's calling me to go as well. I would just encourage you to, to pray about that, to, to really ask God, God, is this something that you're stirring within me? And what, what does that mean for me? If you have questions about this church plan or want to know more about it, you can come talk to either Cody or I at any time. But just to be in, in, in prayer about that. And um, we're just so excited to be a part of a team and to see how God uses our different giftings uh, in that process mm-hmm. as well. Well, there's so much more that, that can be said, and God is obviously stirring so many different things in you. Please have conversations with, with Michael and Cody. Find out more about that. Ask me any questions that you have. I mean, transitions like this aren't, aren't easy because we've developed great friendships, and I hate losing these guys from our staff and from our team. They're so talented. They're so gifted. They've shared the platform. They've led worship. But this is part of a responsibility and a call that God has on us. I am get to be here because other churches invested in me and, and sent me, and, and, and that's a privilege that we get to have is to develop, continue to develop leaders in this way. And, and while it's not always easy and, and there's the emotional pieces and relational pieces that are going to change in that dynamic, I love the fact that we get to be a part of the same story and that we get to send you guys, you know, as a church, behind you, supportive, and just cheering you on and looking and going, man, we want to see great things. We want to see success there. And your win is our win. And, and that's what uh, we really want to be about. So as we, we end here, you'll, you know, we want to pray for these guys. And, and you'll hear a little bit more about this in, in the weeks to come. But uh, we just really wanted to celebrate this opportunity that I believe God is calling us to a new day for McDowell Mountain Community Church. And I believe this is just the beginning of what God's going to do. And as we're faithful in, in honoring what God is, God's not going to call you guys and, and have that be detrimental to, to us. It's going to be a win for all because God is behind that. And so we just uh, want to, to pray for you and your families. There's so much that goes into a launching of a new church. And uh, we just want to to ask God's blessing on that. So let's pray. Why don't we all stand together? And I want to ask uh, Christy and Kristen to please... Uh, Come and join us on the platform, my wife as well, if you'd come on up so we can, we can pray together uh, for, for you. Heavenly Father, it's uh, with great joy and excitement and also with some, some heaviness, God, in our hearts that these kind of transitions take place. And God, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have called them and that you are calling us as a church to play a key role in your kingdom here in this city. And if taking this step is your call, God, we embrace it and we go forward fully with it. Please just be with these couples and their families. God, with with Michael and Christy and with Cody and with Kristen, God, would you just surround them in these next weeks and months, especially leading up to this launch, as they dream big dreams for their church? Would you bring the right pieces together and, and just let them experience great joy and clarity in what you're calling them to do? Pave a great open road before them. Already be moving in the hearts of people in that community that uh, don't even know yet that they will be a part of this church. And God, we, we just thank you that you're allowing us to be a part of this. And so we just ask your blessing 
and your hand and your guidance and all these things. In Jesus' name, together we pray, amen. 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 Let's continue to worship.